Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. And other fell on good ground, Mark chapter 4 and verse 8, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some and hundred. There was a man that was driving in rural, rural Florida. Now you get outside of the city and Florida is rural. I used to be a trash man in Orlando and you think Disney World. Yeah, Disney World's not even in Orlando. It's in the south of the south of Orlando and it's a place where they even dispute how to say it, right? Like this couple was arguing how to say it and they were driving through there and uh, someone said, the, the, the wife said, it's, it's kiss me, you know, like kiss me. And the husband said, oh, no, it's not, it's kiss me. And so they began to dispute that as husband and wife do. You ever had a dispute about nothing? And you got into a big fight and forgot how it started. Well, they definitely weren't going kissing each other when they were just disputing about this. So they pulled into a, a restaurant and the husband said, we're going to settle this right now, honey. And uh, we're going to ask a local how to say this. So the husband barges up to the front counter and says, where are we right now? And say it slowly so my wife hears it. And the employee looks to the left and to the right, and he leans into the little microphone, and he said, Burger King. <laughs> so these couple was driving in rural Florida, right? Well, that means it's just out there. Say, preacher, how do you say it? I don't know. <laughs> rural Florida. So the, I was a trash man in Orlando, and there's some country folks right off the main street in Orlando. We're talking... Country. I, did, I thought Orlando was all built up and there's all kinds of parts to Orlando. Okay, I know. As a trash man, you go everywhere. So you go to all the streets and see it, okay? So this guy was going through, you know, the, the countryside and he saw, it said, the two-legged cow farm. And he's like, no, it's not. It said two-legged cow farm. And so out in the field, they saw a bunch of two-legged cows. They weren't moving too much, right? And uh, they just had cat legs on one side of their body and the other side of their body there were no legs but they were alive and they were just kind of leaning over and eating the grass right and uh the guy's like i gotta i gotta ask the farmer so he goes up to the farmer and he said hey mr farmer what is up with this is this a real farm he said yes it's, it's not a tourist attraction no we're creating healthier steak and he said if you cut the legs off one side of the cow, the blood circulates less and it can actually enrich the beef. You know, we're going to get the new wig you. You know, we're going to have the new... And he said, well, what are you calling it? Lean beef. <laughs> so the guy got back in his car and he drove down. He said, that's so dumb. And then they went by another farm. It said the no-leg cow farm. I said, really? So he pulls in there. Is this a tourist attraction? No, sir. None of your cows have legs. And he said, well, we 
figure that the guys next to us are making expensive beef, so we're going to make cheap steak. And so, well, how come your cows have no legs? Well, we're going to call it ground beef. <laughs> I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, good ground growing. Good ground growing. We see that Jesus had spoken in Mark chapter 4. He spoke a parable. And why did Jesus speak in parables? A parable is kind of an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus spoke very simply. And in this case, Jesus in Mark chapter 4, he spoke a farming illustration. Now, not a lot of us perhaps grew up farming. We grew up and you went shopping and you went to the store. But some of us, like my mother, grew up on a farm. So you were part of the production. It was a dairy farm. So they didn't have ground beef or lean beef, but they had uh, milk and they had to harvest crops to feed the cows. And so Jesus was speaking to a lot of farmers. And that's why he spoke this way. Jesus spoke a very simple story so that people would get it. Have you ever talked to your kids and you give this really complicated but very technical answer about finances or fitness or something and your kid's looking at you like, well, I'm listening, but you can tell ain't nothing going in. I mean, it's like pouring water on a dry sponge and all the water just goes out. You can pour the ocean on that sponge and it's just going to come out, right? So Jesus knew complicated theology. Jesus knew how to explain things with big words, but that wasn't his purpose. He wanted to explain things so that people got it. And so he said, hearken, listen up. Behold, there went out a sower to sow, a planter. That's what a sower is. And it came to pass as he sowed or planted seeds, some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns or weeds. And the thorns grew up and it choked. You ever done something and you choked? Like you tried to sing a song or something and you just choked. Or maybe you were doing something physical and you choked. Or maybe you were part of a performance and you choked. Well, that's what happens with thorny ground. It literally got choked. The fruit got choked. And it said it yielded no fruit. And it, the, the Bible says then in the next verse that other fell on good ground. Good ground. And did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some and 100. So when Jesus spake a parable, the word parable, it, mean, it comes from a Greek word, para, which means alongside, and balo, which means to throw. So when Jesus lays out this story, it's supposed to be a story we put down next to our life. Jesus just throws it along there, and we compare ourselves to the story and find out, what kind of ground am I? You know, like uh, the doctor, if you go to get, uh, you know, this person was severely overweight, but they went to the doctor for their health checkup, and the doctor said, okay, well, 
we've, uh, we've determined that you're actually at a healthy weight. And the person said, really? I mean, they knew they were like 50 pounds overweight. And the doctor said, well, you're a healthy weight. You're just a foot too short. <laughs> but you see, we lay aside, lay alongside what was going on in our life with the parable. So the first thing I'd like to look at is prepared ground. We want to preach on this thought of good ground growing. Good ground growing. It's interesting. Uh, this is uh, four types of ground that show, it's a metaphor, right? Jesus explains this story. It's the four types of people that come in contact with God's word. That's what the parable is. It's four different types of people. That's what the ground illustrates. Now, have you ever heard this? Someone says, I love people when they say it with a southern accent too, because say, oh preacher, you're mocking the south. I'm from the south. I can mock myself. Okay. Say, well preacher, you never know what God's going to do. You ever hear people say that? And they like, for emphasis, you know what they do? They, they like lift their arm up. Why? And why one arm? Does it ever say lift up one arm and wave it like this? No. When we pray, I mean lift up holy hands. Not unless you only have one hand. I mean lift up holy hand. No. Lift up. It's a reach. My daughter's never come up to my wife and said, help me. No, it's always both hands, right? Cop never says hand up. You know, a cop never does that, right? Hands up, right? But anyway, so you, know, so you never know what God's going to do. And I'm like, you know, sometimes religious people, they say religious things that are not grounded in Scripture. And I know that I've probably been guilty of it, right? But you see, the Bible does say what God's going to do. Now, I know we don't know God's whole will. We don't know God's, excuse me, we don't know everything in God's mind, right? Like, I don't know everything in my wife's mind or anything. And maybe I don't know anything in my wife's mind. It's true. I, I don't. I, I think I do. And then it changes. I was like, oh, I got her figured out now. And she goes, oh, no, I don't want that. I want this now. I'm going to change my idea for just for today. So we found out that we can have an easier understanding of God than our wife. But that, anyway, that's, that's a blessing. So if, at least I know that. The Bible said the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. There's some things we will not understand. But don't stop there. Let's finish the scripture. But those things which are revealed belong unto us. God gave us his word to reveal his will to us so that we will know what God is going to do. Sometimes, so many times you can hear someone on YouTube or TikTok or something, and it might sound good, but that's not what the Bible says. Jesus, didn't he say, ask? And you're just going to sit there. No. If my daughter wants something, today she wanted a coffee. And we were an espresso. You let your daughter drink espresso? <coughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I didn't have time to make it for her. But you know when a kid asks for something? Now sometimes I say no. I'm a parent, right? But I said, you know, you want a coffee? Mom was getting ready. Daddy's getting ready. I said, you want one? Make it. And so she did. We helped her a little bit, made a one shot of coffee espresso and put some milk in there, get those calcium, throw the calcium in there to make her drink some milk. That's uh, She thinks she's getting away with it. We're making her drink the milk. But anyway, so, ha ha, right? That's the best part. She's like, mm, this is good. We're like, yeah, keep drinking, girl. Milk, it does the body good. 
But Jesus said, ask and it shall be given you. He didn't say how it was going to happen. You know, sometimes we don't know how it's going to work out, but she asked. She wasn't expecting to make it herself. But guess what? She found out what the rules were. She made it and it's sitting in the car. How much of it God drank? But the Bible says we do know God's word. We do know the results. If we ask Jesus, Jesus said, here you go. And the Bible said, and ye shall uh, seek and ye shall find and knock and it shall be opened unto you. We do know what God will do. Let's not let religion lie to us sometimes and say, wait a second, but I just don't know. No, we do know. And let's prepare the ground so it will work out like God's word said. The Bible says that when we prepare the ground, you see, the sower is God. It explains that the, the, the sower or excuse me, the sower soweth the word. So who's ever dishing out the word? It could be the preacher. It could be the radio. And the Bible said that this word is going everywhere. And the Bible said the first place that it went in this, and this is why it's so important to have good ground. Because only good ground will produce growth. The first one, the Bible said it went out on the wayside. That's like the uh, a pathway, right? A wayside is packed down ground. And that wayside, uh, you can't plant in it. Jonas knows that. Because you put down that, ground, that seed on the ground, what happens immediately? Have you ever seen those birds running through your, walking through your grass? Sometimes there's like a flock of birds in Florida on just kind of just roaming on the ground. What are they doing? They're looking for seeds right on top of the, or bugs or whatever else is just right there. And you see them eating up. Now, if you put something down on the wayside, that's just like when you preach and, and someone, they, they, they have this word, but it takes no root. It's just superficial. And they go, praise God, man, before the service is over. The devil just takes that and just takes it right out. You know, the Bible said the first thing we need to do to have good ground is we need to break up our fallow ground. That, you know that if you're going to plant a seed, you have to turn up the ground so that the seed goes down in to the dirt so that the bird can't get it. You know, sometimes we might be in the house of God and, and God's dealing with your heart. Say, you know what? I'll pray tomorrow. I, I, next year, after this paycheck, after this one more visit with my girlfriend, you know, then I'll pray. But the devil will just take that time when you're thinking about it. And he said, let me just take that right out because you haven't made use of it. And the Bible says that the next one is the stony ground. So we need to, we need to turn up our ground. And you know, none of these things are things that God does. Now, God sows the word. Do you know what? If we want to grow in God, you know what we have to do? We have to take accountability to prepare our ground. That, that really isn't God's job. It's our job. You know what? If God's dealing with my heart, and there's been times we come to the house of God, God will deal with my heart, and God will say, what are you going to do about it? Hmm. The next one is stony ground. Stony ground was a metaphor of, of, of ground that had a bunch of rocks in it. And so there wasn't much depth and the seed would go right down. It would put these little bitty roots down and spring right up, right? But then when the sun came out, it would kill that crop because it didn't have a depth of root. And you know, what are those rocks? And you know that there's a lot of times that there's, you know, people have hangups and different things. And the Bible says that in a time of persecution, they'll get offended. 
hey, church boy. Someone called me a church boy. Are you a church boy? And I said, yes. Anything you want to talk to me? Are you a fanatic? Yes. You know what a fanatic is? Someone who loves Jesus more than you. Go to a football game. There's men, grown men, that will take off their shirt and show all of their glory. Now, I mean, they look like the Pillsbury Doughboy, okay? And they just jiggle, but they're painted in all of the, uh, the, the colors of the team, right? So they'll just jiggle around, and, man, they don't care. Say, well, they might say, that, that, that guy's really big. No, he's just a foot too short. <laughs> but he doesn't care because he's representing his team. And, you know, when you're representing your team, if someone identifies you with the team, but they're making fun of you, it really doesn't matter because as long as they identify me with the team, I'm shouting. And I said, yes, I am a church boy. And he looked at me like as if he wasn't expecting that. And he said something like, well, that's okay. You know, well, it is okay because I found Jesus and Jesus changed my life. And you know what? When Jesus changes your life, then you change and become different than the rest of the world. And if nobody notices that you're a Christian, brother, you got problems. And if everybody speaks well of you, huh? The Bible said we should go, hmm, take heed. If everyone's like, oh, you're such a good guy. God bless you. Wait a second. They persecuted the prophets. And when people kind of find fault with me, I'm like, oh, I've told my wife, it seems like everyone's being nice to us. I think I'm doing something wrong. You know, when everyone's just like, oh, you're a good boy and you're a good girl. And wait a second. When people start finding fault with me, then I'm like, oh, I'm doing something right. And you know that sometimes God identifies these big rocks and we say, you know what? I need to knock that wall down in my life. I need to take that thing out of the way and move it and let God have reign in my heart. The thorny ground. You know, weeds, thorns, weeds. You know how hard it is to pull a weed? Do you know how easy it is to pull the top of a weed off? Easy. You go to the weed, you go, and they look like grass, a lot of them. Some people, they have lawns in Florida, there's no grass. It's all weeds, it's just green, and they cut it, and for just a little while, it looks really nice, right? And then it grows up, and it's like, that's all weeds! <laughs> but they're green. And uh, they take up the water, and they take up the nourishment from the soil from your plants. They grow right up alongside. They look like plants. And Jesus said the metaphor... You know, if you pull a, 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 a weed out, you know it's hard because they've got deep roots. You have to like get down in there. And they even make special tools to take weeds out of the ground so you can get down in there. And I remember my, my fingers getting tired just pulling the weeds out. And the Bible said that the weeds, they're wrong priorities. Those thorns, they, they're almost like the good things. But the Bible says that those thorny ground are they that they, they have the, the, the seed, the word of God, but deceitful things, wrong desires. They're not wrong necessarily. Nothing's wrong. But the deceitfulness of riches. You know, riches isn't, aren't wrong. A dollar's not wrong. But if it gets in the way of me serving God, the dollar becomes wrong. It's the, you know, money, money cannot do for you. Money can do certain things. But have you ever heard of the Beatles? They say, money can't buy me love. <laughs> I mean, there's things that money can do, and there's things that money can't do. So I understand making money is important. And brethren, it's really important. It's not wrong. But money can't do things that are spiritual. 
And that's why the deceitfulness, if I have more money and I have more money and pretty soon I can't make it to Bible study, I've got to do a side job and I can't make it to this service because I got to make more money and I got to make more money. But you know what? The Bible said that that's like a weed that's wrapped around your life. And the Bible says, and lusts. Now those are just desires. You know, well, I need to be comfortable, preacher. You know what? I like being comfortable. (laughs) Don't we all? What is the nicest chair you can buy? Lazy boy, right? Because it just like you sit down in that and you kick the, the feet up and you're like, oh, no gravity. I'm so comfortable. You know what I found out with good ground? That when I'm most uncomfortable, I'm growing. It is when I am uncomfortable. My daughter went to track practice the other day. Um, and that sounds really sophisticated. They were running around the school field, okay? You know, making the wayside, just packing the ground down, okay? The grassy field. And I said something like, how do you do? How, how is it, honey? She goes, my legs hurt. And she just sat down and leaned the seat back. And then we went to the home. She went and got in bed. <laughs> she was uncomfortable. Why? Because her legs were getting a workout that they had never gotten before in her life. And you say, well, preacher, what's happening there? God, when he does these things and makes us uncomfortable, God shows us things. Well, that's a weed. You need to get that right and seek God first and his righteousness. And the Bible says all of these other things, they'll be added unto you. You know, that's amazing. The Bible said that when we take away, we break up the ground and we take out the rocks and we take out the thorns, all of our excuses. Good ground is the key to fruitfulness. See, the word of God is perfect. The word of God will not change. But when we put the word of God in the right environment, which is prepared ground. You know that the high priest... If you read the Old Testament, it spends, he spends a long time getting ready for worship. He puts on these garments. Have you ever seen that? There's a, there's a breastplate of right, the, the breastplate with all of these beautiful jewels and the shoulder piece and the head piece. He even puts on cologne. There's a special cologne only he can wear. And he's just preparing for worship. Why? Because he's cognizant. He knows he's going to go and be in the presence of God. He knows that God's going to do something, so he spends time getting ready for church. You know, have we ever done that before? Or do we just like run out the door? Green light, green light, green light. You know, you're hoping for green light because if it's not green light, I'm going to be one minute late, two red lights, I'm going to be five minutes late. You know, but if I prepare, God, let me get to church 30 minutes early. God, let me get to church with my heart full of worship. Let's play some Christian music on the way to church. Let's read our Bible on Sunday morning. Why? Because prepared ground is purposed ground. My job in God is to give God good ground so I can grow. So I can grow. When we come to the house of God, you know, ground, you can write that down. Ground determines growth. If you have the right ground, that's going to determine your growth in God. And it's not just putting the seed in the ground, but when that seed goes into the good ground, then God begins to add to our faith. Now, how do you come to Jesus Christ? 
You allow that faith in Jesus Christ to come into your heart. That's how you become a Christian. You allow Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You allow his blood to wash away your sins. But brethren, it doesn't stop there. That's where it starts. That's not the stopping. Jesus Christ is always the beginning. Because it says, and beside this, these exceeding great and precious promises, giving all diligence, once that seed is in the good ground, add to your faith. You know the first thing it says? Add virtue. Begin to make everything you do excellent. You know how some people say, good enough for government work. Give it the college try. And what are we doing? We're just saying, well, whatever. But you know what? When God comes into our life, I want to do it just a little bit better. I walk around sometimes and pick up trash. And my daughter, she mocks me for you know, certain things. And, uh, and I said, honey, why do I do this? She said, you just want to make the world a little bit better. But you know what? I want to be a little bit better. I want to improve 1%. I want to change and do just a little bit more. But the Bible says you've got to add to your faith virtue. Why? Because I have a purpose in my life. And it's to develop my soul and my life for God and get better with the good ground. God begins to give us our life purpose. And, and preacher, what's your purpose? My purpose is to serve Jesus Christ and to let him grow. But guess what? What's your purpose? Well, I got to come to church so I can do this, so I can do that. You know, some people, they, I want to come to church to find me a good girl. You know, I want to find me a woman because the woman's clean, you know, not dirty at the club. I want to go party at the club, but get married to a girl at the church. And I'm thinking, you got the wrong idea, buddy. If you're a woman and you're looking to date a man that comes to this church, watch his life. Make sure that they've got their own walk with God. Make sure that if you're there, they're there. I want a man who's faithful. I want a man who's part. I want a man. No, I don't want a man. (laughs) That was speaking metaphorically. If you're a woman, you should want a man, right? But a man who wants God first, not you first. That never fit. My wife and I, we found out we had a disagreement on our wedding night. Right. On our wedding night, we didn't even wait. I mean, we were at the, you know, honeymoon and all this other stuff, had the the suite, S-U-I-T-E, and uh, we had a disagreement. But preacher, why? Because we're two different people. Right. In fact, we probably got in a disagreement in the past few days. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, right. But you see, (laughs) we're a Christian first. Amen. And we know that we're just different. And you know what? We might have another disagreement before the day is out. But you know what? I don't look for my wife to satisfy my soul. Only Jesus can satisfy my soul. And I realize that I've got to grow in God. The Bible says that add to your virtue knowledge a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let me find out what God's word says. And then the Bible says add to knowledge temperance. Wait a second. I'm not supposed to do that. Wait a second. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body, you know, it's got to be God, but God will begin to deal with you about what you do with your body. What you, how you dress your body. God will be, now the preacher can say it all day long. But when God, it says add to your faith, knowledge. And God's word says stuff about what you put on your body. 
Really, I'm not talking clothes and other things. They say, preacher, but is it right or wrong? Just tell me. You know what? I could tell people all kinds of things. But they have to realize that, wait, their ground has to be to where they receive it, not as from the preacher, but as from God. And when God deals with your heart, you know, I've been in many church services. God's like, hey, do this. And I'm like, ooh, that hurts. (laughs) And what's God doing? He's guiding your life. And God begins to deal with your heart like, you know, because the Holy Ghost will begin to deal with your heart. And the Bible says, you'll add to that knowledge temperance. Mm -hmm. God tells us to do things or not do things, and it begins to temper our life. We get self-control. And he doesn't stop there. Then he gets patience, right? Oh, add to It's not easy, right? When you're trying to figure something out, when you're trying to start something new. And if we need patience, don't we need to give other people some patience? Just be patient with your wife. Be patient with your kids. They're not perfect. They're going through it. They're growing. Patience. And to patience, godliness. You know, these, all of these five things are just deals with you. Before you even help somebody else, God needs to work on you and your ground. I remember I was going to go buy a weed eater, and I did. Why? I'm going to do a side job. There's nothing wrong with side jobs, okay? And uh, this is years ago, before I became a full-time preacher. And I went and got the good one, right? And so I got it, and I like to work, and I like to work outside. I like to work, right? I'm not just saying. And I figured someone's going to pay me for this. And I'd already done some side jobs, and you can make a lot of money in Florida. There's plenty of sun, plenty of rain, and plenty of grass and weeds to cut, okay? And there's plenty of stuff to clear up. So I had made some money side jobbing, and I'm like, I'm going to go buy me a weed eater, got a weed eater. Didn't pray about it, just went and did it. And I'm walking out from Home Depot, and I felt sick. <clears throat> you see, if you have good ground in your heart, God can guide your life. So I thought you said you felt sick. I did. And God said in, his heart, in my heart, go take that back. Let me go take it back. Have you ever argued with God? It wasn't the devil. And so I'm in my heart going, what do you mean? I bought the good one. It's like, it wasn't on credit. I bought it with cash. I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's not sin. It's not like full of alcohol that I'm going to drink out of the tank. Okay, this is just a weed eater. And then God didn't explain himself. He just said, hey, just go do that. Take it back. And so I walked right back into Home Depot. I still remember it. And I've got my brand new weed eater. I'd like to return this. I mean, what do you say for, does it work fine? I don't know what I said. I don't think they think I was crazy, right? God said, take it back. (laughs) You know that it's an amazing thing. I took that back and I don't know why to this day, I don't know why God told me to do that. (laughs) But I believe it was God. Because he th- I think he knew that I would get involved in some side jobs. Side jobs aren't wrong, I know, but what if God told me to visit someone, but I had scheduled a side job? Oh, brother, I'd love to visit you. I gotta, I gotta do something important. What, more important than God? But you see, I'm a preacher. I gotta, I gotta serve God first. And say, preacher, you gotta pay the bills. I gotta pay the bills too, but I've gotta do what God wants me to do first. First. Doesn't it say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And I told my wife the other day, I said, I'm going to a side job, honey. What was it? Go pray. I'm going to go pray. So that's not a side job. Yes, it is. Have you ever tried to pray for 30 minutes? Everything comes into your mind except the word of God. It's really 
work to pray. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I was going to ask, how many prayed for 30 minutes yesterday? And I was going to, don't, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. It's hard. It's hard. Until you get used to taking that time, and I'm going to go pray. I'm going to grow in God. Because it said, add to godliness, brotherly kindness, and then add charity. But you see, when these things are in us and abound, they make us that we're not barren or unfruitful. That, that, that ground that's intentional becomes, a wife comes to the piano, productive ground. Productive ground. Jesus said, if you prepare the ground, I will put stuff in there, and your life is going to produce fruit that others can see. Your life. People will look at you and say, you've changed. What happened to you? You know, I remember this lady, she came to church and she got saved. And she was excited, came to soul winning. She's a preacher's wife now. But I remember when she first kind of came to soul winning and, and she was dressed kind of a a different way than a lady normally dresses as a Christian. But you know what? She was excited. Did anyone say anything to her? No. She was just excited about God. But over time, God began to deal with her. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, okay, well, that's all right. You know who I'm talking about. But God began to deal with her. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. God begins to work on her outside. And she began, it's not about this or that. It's about modesty. And you know what? Men need to be modest too. What if I came up here in a pair of Daisy Dukes? Say, preacher, I would have to take a picture before I looked away just because no one would believe it. <laughs> we used to wear them in the military. Do they, they still wear those Daisy Dukes as little tiny PT shorts? Embarrassing, okay? Tiny little shorts. What if I wore them? You see, say, preacher, that would make me embarrassed, you know? Because modesty is for men as well as women. It's not a woman thing. It's a man thing. I don't wear like low cut shirts where I show off my cleavage. You know, I don't know if men have cleavage. You know, that's where your, your, the top of your pectoral muscles cleave. Nothing much to cleave. I don't have much cleavage to show, okay? But I, I dress modestly. Why? Because God puts that in my heart to God to dress us. Why? Because God wants to produce fruit in my life with good ground. You see... That ground that is prepared will begin to be ground that is intentional. And then it'll be ground that produces. Have you ever gone to the produce section? That's where the fruit is, right? That's the produce. The product of all of the preparation in God. The product of all of the purpose in God is to bring forth fruit into your life. Fruit into your heart. The Bible said the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. So preacher, I need love in my house. Well, there'll be love in your house when there's love in your heart because you'll take it to your house. And you know what love does with the house? Love makes a house into a home where people want to come and there's like, oh, there's so much love and laughter and joy. The love of the fruit of the spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness temperance the bible says if these things be in you and abound they make you that when that good ground is in our heart god brings forth fruit now i don't know what an apple tree looks like and i don't know what an orange tree looks like but you know how i can identify an apple tree it's got apples on it 
By the fruit. How can I identify an orange tree? By the fruit. How can you identify someone who's a Christian? By the fruit. Now I know new Christians, man, we come from all walks of life, okay? But when you prepare that ground and God begins to put the seed into that ground, God begins to bring things up that make you like him. And the Bible says, and some and other fell on good ground. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, if everyone would close their eyes and bow their heads, the Bible begs the question, what kind of ground are we going to give to God today? Because if our ground is prepared, God is already sowing the word. He'll sow it on any kind of word, uh, on any kind of ground. God will sow it on the wayside. God will sow it on the stony ground, sow it on the thorny ground. He'll plant it on the good ground, but only on the good ground is it going to bring forth fruit. The Word isn't incapable. The Word is perfect. The Word is powerful. The Word is sharp. It's alive. And it'll produce fruit in good ground. This morning, I preached the message, Good Ground Growing. You know what? Investments appreciate And when God is preparing our hearts, it's to appreciate or make us increase in value. You know that God wants to increase your life in value as you grow with good ground. Good ground growing. God, I want fruit. Me too. I want fruit in my life. Let's find a place to pray. Father, I pray that you would deal with our hearts. God, produce in good ground. And this morning, if God has dealt with our hearts, say, well, preacher, what do you want? I don't know about you, but I want a blessing. And if I need to do something to get a blessing, brethren, I want God to produce a blessing in my life. I want the fruit of love, joy, peace. How much does it cost? The world can't give you love and joy and peace like God can. But if I prepare that ground... It's going to come out of my life. Others will see that God has produced fruit in your life. That God, so preacher, but I need to pay my bills. Hey, God can do that too. But you know what? He might tell you to quit spending. Ask and you shall receive. When you ask God, it might be a different answer. But God will give you an answer. And God will help you go forward. And God will be your God will be that seed in your life and he'll grow and he'll produce things that the world will see. That's just like Jesus. Father, I've preached your word. Lord, have your way. Lord, give us good ground growth. Lord, let me prepare my heart so God can make it produce intentionally by your word. Lord, have your way, God, and speak to our hearts, Lord.
bless you is our prayer we're going to dismiss and God laid this on my heart before we go good ground growing if you've ever heard of the prophet Elijah there came a time when Elijah was going to go to heaven and Elijah was told by God go anoint Elisha go anoint he's going to be your successor so that's what Elijah did. And he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and he was plowing with, yacht, with 12 yoke, 24 oxen. And so he's got this big plow and he's watching all of this ground just get turned up with the big plow. And Elijah cast the mantle, which was the symbolic garment of the prophet, on Elisha. And the Bible said he left the ox and he ran after Elijah. He said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother. Then I will follow you. I got some things to take care of. And I like what Elijah said unto him. Go back again. He said, go back to your job. He said, for what have I done to thee? You know what Elijah said? It wasn't me that, that called you. It was God. And he said, if it's just me, go back to doing what you were doing. And the Bible said he returned back from him. Elisha did. Took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen. And gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. He began to follow what God wanted him to do. So a preacher, did it work out for him? It worked out. Because you know what Elisha got? When Elijah went to heaven, he said, I want a, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want twice as much of God and his miracles as you had. You know what Elijah said? Okay. If you see me get taken up, it's going to be that way. And you're going to have that fruit in your life. But you know what it started with? God called him and he went where God wanted him to go. And you know what? God's able to bless you way more than you can bless yourself because he's got a bigger hand to pour out the blessing. Let's trust him and let's have good ground and, and not do what the preacher says. I'm not talking about doing what God lays, lays on our heart. It's God and God first. At this time,